Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the NTS podcast. Uh, this time, we're, we're lucky to be joined by, a, I'd say, the, the best Viego in the UK, Bear Tree, Munster Rugby Midlaner. How's it going? Good, thank you. Good stuff. Um, obviously, re- referencing there the game against Lucendi yesterday, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, as always, joined by my co-host, Tom. Tom, you doing all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm doing good. Yeah, we're all, we're all good here. I am boiling in my little cupboard yeah on that topic i'm just gonna out you for a second tom for those that um might have seen our like tea and coffee debates before tom did just say he's been three days without a cup of tea which is it's true i think it means he's somewhat he's going over to the other side tom get yourself an iced coffee and then, uh... <laughs> not get an iced coffee and no. <laughs> i i have i've had a, an iced mocha before and i don't mind them but no, not an iced coffee i can't do that uh, i'm sure you'll, you'll change one day um <laughs> Anyway, then let's let's start off with with yourself, Bear Tree. And obviously, I, you know, for anyone that's seen any episodes before, really, you know that when we get a new guest for the first time, we usually go a bit back in the past and talk about some of the other teams you've been on and things. Um, and you're one person actually, because we talk about a lot. We talked to a lot of people that've been in the UK for a long time, um, but myself and Tom have only been involved really for the last couple of years. So you're one guest actually that I remember you coming into the UK scene, which is quite a um, yeah contrast to some of the others. Uh, obviously, with feeding, I think it was back in in the UKLC maybe last season. I think the season before last, if I remember correctly, um, as a top player then. Yeah, 2019. Um, for starters, then, just how did that even come about? Because it was a feeling team that when you look at it on paper now as well, um, and I'm just going to read it out, Soft, Chimera, Achu, and Visdom were your teammates. And I think it was Zizzle, I think, or someone like that was like the top laner before. Um, and you came in like halfway through the season with a team that's struggling a little bit. But obviously hearing some of those names now, seeing what they've gone to in the last couple of years it might sound surprising that that, that team was struggling at the time um so yeah why don't you just maybe just start off with explaining a little bit how about, about how you actually ended up on the team and and how that kind of substitution came to be sure well uh about the time i was aware of uk sports and wanted to get involved that uh, split had already started and uh i briefly looked for offers i think i got a couple of uk offers but the uh, uklc teams were already locked so uh, I was pretty fruitless until uh, I think it was Soft reached out to me on Twitter saying, uh, oh, we, we need a top laner. Uh, do you want to come try out for us? Uh, I believe they're having some difficulties with Zizzle. I, I don't remember exactly what was going on. But uh, basically, they needed someone to finish the split and uh, play the Forge Champions with them, or the playoffs rather. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's how we got involved. Yeah. And it was like not the worst time to start as well, because that was, if anyone remembers, the split where Phelan like basically scraped into playoffs, I think. But then I think Pad joined as a coach, like right. I don't know if it was right before playoffs or like uh, like during the season or before or just, just before like playoffs a couple started. weeks. I think yeah. before like playoffs. Yeah. And then just ended up playoffs. making like the ridiculous run, literally from like it was like cause at that time it was a gauntlet, and it was I think Phelan were in the first round of the gauntlet. And basically went all the way up until the semi-final where it was against Excel, which was you know the point where you came to an academy team, uh, and they're unfortunately lost. So was that what was the kind of at least even the atmosphere like at that point? Knowing that maybe when Pad joined, did you notice any difference when you first joined before him, or, or was he already there? Or... Uh, I think when Pad joined, the atmosphere became a very fun. Pad is a, a funny guy. He's a great coach, and he brings a lot of uh, energy. To, to practice and uh yeah i think the mood was really light he was already good friends with uh, Atu and wisdom 
So uh, they got on really well, and that sort of energy kind of came, really came into the team towards uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, a lot of that energy, that sort of, uh, you know, we're here to to win, but uh, there's no point playing if you're not having fun, right? And making some jokes. Uh, I think that really helped us to take each game, you know, one game at a time, mm-hmm. uh, not lose hope, and uh, not like see how many games we have to win in a row to you know achieve what we want to achieve mm-hmm. so yeah i really think pad is uh coming in was a really great help for us and I, I do think that we do have to talk about this as well like how was it kind of going into wanting to go into the uk scene you know being like okay i want to try this competitively and then being faced with a tower format like i'm surely like you must have had some like questions about okay is is this what the uk scene is right <laughs> now with this type of fa cup style tower format how was it kind of like because a lot of people i think had gone through especially guests that we had 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 gone through kind of like land tournament events and then had also done like the league structure and then they had this tower format but how was it for you kind of just immediately going into this has this been your like first experience in the uk scene sure i uh admit until about my second split i had no idea what was going on i just played the games that i was told to play <laughs> yeah. and to this day i still don't really understand the tower format but uh I understand its uh, premise is to get as many Excel and Fnatic games as possible, or well, that's what people said. And yeah, I don't think that's a great format whatsoever. It didn't work anyway, because I think yeah. Diablos ended up winning it in the end, didn't they? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so when you were there, did you, what were your thoughts just on, on your teammates? Obviously, I, I presume that was like pretty much the first team you ended up with. But like I said, a lot of those players have ended up kind of going on elsewhere. I think Camaro you even played with again later on as well. Um, so was there like some any kind of like instant connection there, or what would you see your first thoughts on on the team you actually joined? Uh, I mean, uh, I believe Mare and Soft were pretty pretty much rookies at that point. I think they split mm-hmm. before. I wasn't. I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but I know Visto uh, and Achi were quite experienced. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag, I guess. Uh, I think overall they were just uh, really great teammates in that, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. I think we all got on pretty well. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for that experience playing with them. Mm-hmm. I think I learned a lot in that time. Yeah. And to be fair, it's, it kind of sounds like if you say like, especially Soft and Camaro are both more or less rookies. Um, I guess at that point, you like once the split before had not gone too well, it was like basically nothing to lose. Like, oh, well, we've scraped in playoffs. No one really expects anything from us. We could just go out and, and like you say, when Pad coming in, you could have fun and obviously it ended up like being ridiculous. What was it like that game, like maybe before XL, had you finally started to think like, oh, maybe we could do it? Could we just go one more and get in the final? I can't speak for everyone else, but uh, I was feeling pretty indestructible at that point. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, I felt like uh, we really had a decent shot at at least taking a game off XL. Uh, didn't work out that way. Sender really showed me up <laughs> quite badly, particularly in the first game. He... Yeah, he really destroyed me. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Um, but yeah, I imagine that was a decent, like, your first dip into competitive. Was there... Because had you thought, like, when especially joining halfway through the season, had you thought, like, I'll just see how it goes for this, you know, like, subbing in for this player, see if I like it? Or or was it... Yeah, would, did you, like, try that chance and then that at that point you knew you wanted to keep going? Or what was that like? Sure, I mean... Uh... I didn't really know what competitive League of Legends was about. I didn't really know the difference between competitive and solo queue. And uh, 
yeah, I just didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of just uh, wanted to see what it was like. And I had uh, so much fun in that first bit that uh, I really want to keep it going. I really felt like it's for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm obviously going into the next bit then. Um, you stuck with, with Phelan. Um, this may be like a bit of a side topic, but obviously Phelan ended up obviously ended up going into the original Monster Academy and there was a lot of controversy around there. Um, I just wonder from like your, your perspective, when you first joined Phelan and, and, and re-signed with them, was kind of how the, the atmosphere seemed then? Because I think we spoke to Mulgrew fairly recently and he kind of sort of said it seemed like things were, you know, above board for the most part before, um, kind of to preface it, he said like before Munster got involved, not in this case of like Munster were the reason that things got there, got sort of messed up, but maybe that, you know, the owner kind of got in over his head at that point once he thought more investment was coming in and things. But in terms of like the the more grassroots version of, of feeling before uh, all that kicked off, was there any anything that's, you know, sort of seemed a bit untoward? Or I suppose maybe at that point you you not really been involved with another team. Did you really not really notice what, what could have been a bit dodgy anyway? Yeah, I was aware of the reputation feeling had. I was warned when joining the team. I have to say uh, I was on the team for much of the same time as Mulgrew. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I, I never really saw any mistreatment. I was paid on time properly in the full amount. Uh, I didn't have too much sort of uh, contacts with management, I guess, outside of Malgroom. And during the time I was there, it seemed pretty uh, fine. Mm-hmm. I will say when I was briefly there while they were kind of merging with Monster and there uh, some sort of promises made that never really came out you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, my experience of feeling, uh, I wouldn't say it was negative whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously what happened with the NLC guys, it's not really acceptable. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was one of those where I think uh, feeling uh, at the time, I just don't think were like managed as perfect as they was. And then obviously what happened then after that, because it wasn't r- really, let's be honest, like a well-managed kind of organization as a whole, not from like the player and the coach's standpoint from like the, you know, the further up that obviously then when the monster thing came in, it kind of insinuated that even more because then resources came available, which let's be honest, they probably didn't have the right to really handle at that point. So yeah, it, I, I, they, it is definitely like kind of one of those things where you kind of see like uh, sometimes going from like such like a like a, a grassroots, like you say, kind of organization. Uh, if you've not got the basics right, it can be very, very detrimental in the future if it kind of, you know, develops even more and even further because those things could stick with you from that, from fair out. Mm-hmm. And obviously right now, you know, like feeling aren't there anymore, and luckily we've got monster. You know, monster yeah. actually are there. You know, they 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 learned from that as well as feeling. Well, feeling didn't learn from that, but monster learned from that situation as well. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, but yeah, that's a bit of a like a bit of a side topic I just want to ask. But then kind of going into that actual split. Then so your your first full split, if you like, um, was the UKLC spring of last year. And to be fair, when I when thinking back, I remember at the time thinking like that the top lane was was pretty much the only role where I, I couldn't think of any like weak weak players on any team because obviously when you first joined Feedon, um you looked pretty good like in the UKLC you looked like you belonged there and um, had made a good impression I think when you first joined and then just yeah looking at the rest of the pool like I've, I've got them written down Flares, Sendo, Kerberos, Only Angel, Pride, Mumus, Shikari there's like literally not a bad player in there did you kind of realize at that point how sort of stacked it was or or was there maybe not that kind of pressure because it, it was like your first full split Sure. Uh, top lane was very stuck at split. I think especially compared to the split before where 
yeah, there were there just wasn't as many uh, standout players. Uh, I definitely felt a bit shown up in terms of experience in that split. But uh, I mean, these guys were really good. You know, Shikari is arguably, like, see, in my opinion, it's just, uh, yeah, it felt really tough. Was there any of those, like, maybe apart from Shikari in particular, that when you actually played against him as well, you just thought, God, this guy's like ridiculous? Uh, I think Sendo was uh, always really hard for me because I was pretty, I was often played a uh, weak side, and Sendo, whether or not he's playing weak side or strong side, he he will push you to your limit of you know how much he can take and how much he can deny you. So playing against Sendo was uh, always really rough. You know, I think he's a really solid player. Yeah, I can imagine well because I think that was the split too, where like when some tier list came out. That was like the first time Sendo had been ranked quite low, and he seemed to just completely like flick a switch from that point, uh, like from the tier list, and ended up like basically his best fit that we saw from him on Excel. So I can definitely imagine that. Um, I think I think with the whole Sendo thing, I think it, it was one of those where uh, maybe he wasn't like in terms of like mechanical skills of being almost like the best mechanical player, but he had the experience to kind of I think insinuate his positives and reduce his negatives and having obviously excel around that with that excel roster at the time that also helped and so not every person i think we we kind of said it like not every person needs to be this standout kerberos style aggressive attacking jungler you know because um you, sometimes you have to have that facilitator and in that in that roster it was it was sendo and there was very rare times where sendo would make a mistake in in most of the entire times really mm-hmm I think in competitive, uh, it's quite easy to recognize the people who are comfortable mm. and the people who are nervous or uncomfortable. And the people who are comfortable, particularly like Sendo, who they'll play it like a they'll play lane like it's solo queue and you know they'll they'll take those dodgy trades or or you know cheese the bush or stuff like this, which uh, if you're uncomfortable on stage, there are things you don't do. You just want to play a normal game of league. I think and that's I, uh, I like to I like to think that like top lane as well is like one of the roles where I feel like mentally you've got to be quite chill. You've got to be quite patient because at the end of the day, you know, with the way that obviously some top lanes, obviously you get the chance to be that kind of aggressive player. But most of the time it's like the the team is relying on you to be this kind of facilitator, to be this person to back up on. And so they don't want you dying three times to their enemy top laner and stuff like that. They want you to kind of play it a bit nicer and kind of work around everything else and then hope that the other teams, the other players can kind of help through it. It's like one of the roles which I do think in like mindset wise, like you do just have to be kind of like really sensible, I feel like, through it. And it's hard to play in a game of League of Legends and be sensible. Like <laughs> Definitely. Um now I said a minute ago that obviously that like, the top lane in general was was pretty stacked that split. But even I think the teams as a whole, that was probably for me the like the the strongest UK split. Obviously it was the, the last one before the NLC merger where obviously the top players ended up uh, going over there as well. But I remember you know, at the time, it didn't really seem, other than maybe Enclave ended up with one win, there didn't really seem like any team that was, like, clearly not good. The closest was, like, Demise, who obviously had a lot of issues and role sw- uh, lane swaps, role swaps and all that. Um, but what was it like being, you know, for your perspective in the split? Because obviously yourselves, you ended up with a fair way of playoffs in the end. But then remember, the, the top four playoff teams are still now, like, all of them look really strong. Um, and yourselves and Eminem, like, the teams just behind it didn't make playoffs. M&M were really strong too. So was there, was there like the expectation to make a push for playoffs? Or by the end of it, did you guys kind of think, you know, fair enough, it was a, a strong split. Uh, we did the best we could. 
Uh, I mean, again, I, I can't really speak for everyone else, but the, for me, it felt much like a, a learning split. It was my first mm -hmm. full split. Uh, I was there to to learn as much as possible, to get comfortable playing competitive games. And uh, I wasn't too invested in whether or not I made playoffs. Obviously, it was disappointing, but uh, I don't think it was necessarily unexpected. The split was just so stacked. We had uh, Jack Spector coming on as a rookie. He was obviously playing NLC now, I believe, and it's obviously a really good player, but he just didn't have the experience like I didn't as well. So, yeah, I think it was a pretty tough split. Mm -hmm. And even like, yeah, you say like Jack Spector, obviously Raisins was pretty much a veteran at that point. Um, Sawyer in the NLC now, Dragrain promoted to the NLC with... Uh, with Galaxy Race, so yeah, like, and for that, I mean, Jack Spectra's like, in the uh, in the the Super, Liga, the, the Super Liga, yeah, yeah, I think did he go to EU Masters as well? I think, or uh, the EU Masters team. yeah, he's gone to Betis, I think, just yeah. Yeah, this season, yeah, and it's crazy to think like that was a team that now at that point was five games off playoff, which is quite far, but then, yeah, you say like what the players that they had at the point, it's um, it just shows how strong that season was, I think, really, um. When it kind of came to the next season, then obviously at that point was a, was when the NLC was formed. Um, you ended up going basically staying in the UKLC uh, with London at that point. Was there was there any NLC offers or any any kind of tryouts? Was there a chance you would have ended up up there? I was contacted for tryouts. I don't think they ever came. I don't believe I got any NLC offers during that time. So yeah, I played UKLC, mm -hmm. and then. When you obviously joined London, then was that uh, well? That was like the second time I think you played with Razors at that point as well. So it's like another player you ended up um, playing with again. Was that part of the reason you joined, or quite how did that work out? Uh, I mean, it was Camaro and Razors who I'd known before, oh, yeah. and in general, I, I do enjoy playing with people I played with before. And Camaro and Razors have a really good attitude to improving and uh, working together as a team. So. Uh, I think for me personally, that's more important than having a, you know, 1000 LP player who's could be very good, but might not have the attitudes you need to, yeah. to bring your team up over the duration of the split. Yeah. It's one of those things, I suppose, like you, you kind of get used how get used to how to communicate, you know, what their personality is like, what kind of feedback would, would respond best. Uh, and even the opposite, they, you know, being fairly still a rookie at your point, um, back then, they would have known best how to maybe communicate with yourself. You to take the info back best. So they, yeah, you can imagine like some like top challenger player comes in, you know, with like tail between their legs. Well, with, like yeah, like being like cocky and all that. Maybe they it doesn't help too much. Um, now that was a split, obviously, where it ended up being just like this ridiculous tie until more or less the last <laughs> week, where basically every team, I think, like pretty much except for Bulldog, uh, Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure every team could have more or less got to playoffs and it ended up one point or like one win between first place and like sixth place or something like that. What was that like, you know, kind of being in there and especially going into the end of it when it's like so close and anyone can finish anywhere? Just what was kind of the atmosphere at that point? Uh, I think the atmosphere was too good. Uh, I mean, we gave it our role in our last few games, but uh, to have a, a kind of positive record that split, and I feel like we played quite well as a team. And to then uh, not achieve playoffs was quite disappointing and disheartening, I'd say. I think that was shared among everyone on my team. Yeah, because I remember I was looking back and I think you guys were even like literally like second place, basically, like with like a week left. So do you think there was like even like 
something that caused that or was it just literally an off week and it was so close that it ended up just yeah knocking you guys out basically uh i, I can't remember exactly the final few games but uh, i think i don't think we played particularly bad or particularly worse than we were usually uh, maybe the opponents just showed up particularly well on the day and you know we didn't achieve what we wanted to mm-hmm I I felt sorry for the people who the tournament organizers for this having to work out what they would have to do with tiebreakers and because honestly like in the end I think it worked out where I think like the top four were all on the same score and then like so so playoffs was kind of confirmed there and obviously it was, I think it was down to like seeding on what would happen there but and then like fifth and sixth but it could have easily been like five teams on the same score which would have just been how how do you even work that out it would have to be another tournament within another tournament just to secure who gets into playoffs yeah there was like there ended up being i'm just brought it up now there was literally like a knockout bracket of tiebreakers from the first four teams <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy um would you have fancied yourselves i'm just looking now like for example if you'd have Actually, I don't even know how they worked out who was first to fourth to, to begin with, to be fair. I'm trying to th- work out who you guys might have played in a tiebreaker, but honestly, I ain't got a clue. Um, but yeah, would you have, you know, if you, even if you'd have got to playoffs, maybe like had a chance at Talia Masters, do you reckon you you could have sort of brought it around? Or was it, maybe I suppose it's hard to say, obviously that, you know, getting knocked out of playoffs at the last week would have been a bit of a crushing blow. But I suppose if you'd have made it in, the confidence would have still been there, do you think? Yeah, I think we... We definitely had a, could have had a decent shot to play us and to Leo Masters. I feel uh, as a team, we were pretty solid. And uh, I think the scoreline kind of shows that, that the split was so close. Mm-hmm. Um, just obviously going on from, from that split then, uh, it's, well, that's basically last split before, uh, before the summer split now. Um, I know, sorry, before the... Actually, I'm, I'm getting my splits all messed up. Um, but eventually, you've ended up ditching the top lane, essentially, um, where obviously you know you started your career, and that's where you, you first had your, your main impression, um, and decided to then eventually come back to or come to mid lane. What was the the thoughts around that? Was that something you'd maybe thought of for a while, and it just now seemed maybe the best time for that? Well, uh, originally I wasn't after that kind of disappointing split. I wasn't really interested in playing competitive anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I put the league as a whole aside for a little while. And then I came back and uh, I just wanted to have some fun, really. So uh, I got off a of Smurf. I played uh, all of Zed, <laughs> pretty much only Zed until about Diamond 1. And then I picked up Silas as well. I started playing him in Solo Queue uh, last year. And I was just kind of two checking those champions uh, around Grandmaster level and just having fun, really. Uh, I was kind of bored of playing these top lanes. I played a lot of like Orn and Gangplank and mm-hmm. stuff like this and Comp, which, you know, practicing them in solo queue is often pretty unpleasant. <laughs> so I was just having fun uh, playing some champions with some agency in a, in a new role. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I came switched to mid lane. So, so what you're saying is you went on a smurf because you didn't want to let down the top lane community that you were secretly training to become a mid laner. Like I've just got to, got to create a brand new smurf just to, just to play these games. Cause I can't let anybody know this until it's correct. Because the top lane community, they, they love playing on in solo <laughs> and Maokai. Who doesn't love a Maokai game? You know. Yeah. I don't think uh, Wally is ever gonna forgive me. <laughs> I feel like it's like. 
I feel like it's a waste that I'm no good at League because I actually like playing those champs as well. I like love playing Orn, especially when people like under kind of underestimate how much damage you can do. Uh, it's just a, sa- a shame that I'm absolutely awful, to be honest. I'd have, I'd have loved it, but um, yeah. What was kind of when you went to mid then? Was it quite a quick thing that once you kind of rose up, you thought, oh, maybe I'll go back to competitive, or did you think, you know, maybe have some have some fun in solo for a while, maybe even try streaming or anything like that? Uh, I didn't really have any plans. Uh, I just started uni, so I was mostly focused on that. I was playing a little bit of Newell. I was playing mid for my team there. And uh, Reason sort of messaged me saying, oh, we need you to fill a scrim. So I filled a scrim. <laughs> and then he said, oh, can you help us with uh, these qualifiers, VKL? I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, so I did that. I scrimmed with the team for a couple of weeks. And I, I just found it really fun. And uh, I kind of found my enthusiasm for it again. And uh, I felt a lot better in mid lane. I think it's a, a lot more natural role for me. Uh, I feel like as a player, I, I really like to play around my team and help my, facilitate my team. And uh, that's a lot easier to do in, in mid lane, where you're in the middle of the map, whereas in top lane, you have TP once every six minutes. And kind of just chilling until then. Mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's funny how some kind of these times, uh, these work into how you get put into kind of like a team. Uh, well, like we we had Dragdar on quite a while ago, and he, his case was like, "Oh, I didn't even like, I wasn't even trying to get a team." And then they'd be like, "Oh, do you want to just play with us for a little bit?" And then next thing you know, he's playing competitively with them. Was that kind of what it was basically like then with with Munster in the end? Like, because now obviously you're playing in mid lane for them. You're like, okay, well, well, let's just do this and see how this goes. Pretty much, yeah. I just wanted to get back into it. Really, I found my enthusiasm again. Mm-hmm. So, um, was there any like any thoughts, especially when you say like you'd pretty much have been too tricky in in solo queue? When you sort of kind of got onto the even just the qualifiers, did you think, oh, maybe I should play a couple other things as well, just in case they just target ban you and then you're screwed? Sure. Originally, the plan was to just play the champions I played top lane. I think we've seen uh, quite a lot of the surflex in uh, mm-hmm. in our games. It's been a really strong pick for us. But yeah, eventually we did have to pick up some new champs. Mostly drop the Z. I'm not sure how viable that is in, <laughs> in competitive. Not saying I won't bring it out in playoffs or uh, the other teams should keep their bands open, but mm-hmm. yeah. Any thoughts of like even like an Orn mid or something? Because you see it every now and then. <laughs> I did play a fair amount of the Scion mid in uh, qualifiers, mm-hmm. I think. Definitely something I have to bring back. I'm a big fan of that champion. It's not bad. The wave clear is ridiculous for like for yeah. someone that's just full tank. It's a bit of a joke. Um, Kind of once you got through the qualifiers, then was that was that your mind made up? You thought, well, I've got to at least play the split now. Uh, no, I actually still was under the impression I wasn't going to play at that point. But uh, Monster reached out to me. They kind of just said, "Here's the offer. We're looking at these guys. Uh, give it a think." And I did, and I decided, yeah, uh, software I like, uh, I'll play for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't really trial for any other teams. I didn't look for any other teams. Uh, I'm quite a big fan of this current iteration of Monster in terms of the uh, staff behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from the rugby side, Endo, is, uh, I think he's really doing great things for the Monster team. He's, uh, he's a rugby guy. I don't know how much he knows about League of Legends. I don't think very much, but he always offers his opinions, offers, you know, what they're doing on the rugby side to help performance, mm-hmm. uh, how to deal with stress and stuff. I, I really uh, appreciate what he's doing for the team. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, for um, 
obviously you don't expect him to then be coming in and saying, right, you should draft this and play this. But like, <laughs> I think I think it's important to and sometimes it's it's beneficial and sometimes it's good to have this crossover between traditional sports and sports because there are certain aspects and I don't think every aspect can be transversed uh, to and fro. But I think in terms of like a how you would approach kind of a competitive game, how you would kind of look after yourself and, and, and treat yourself and kind of the mentality can be kind of transversed and kind of crossed over. And, and do you feel like that is kind of what it is? Like Because I, I don't know, like I felt like when obviously it was run by feeling again, I'm not just going to slate feeling for this, obviously, but it, it felt like it was Monster Rugby Gaming with a logo. And that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Where does it now kind of feel like this is Monster Rugby Gaming, like the team and there's that feel of it being kind of a rugby team going into esports? Uh to a point, yeah, it's still definitely the gaming side and the rugby mm. side. But uh, I do feel like uh, there's definitely some translation of uh, what they do for their rugby lads and what they do for the for the monster guys, for the gaming guys as well. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some crossover experience there. I feel like, especially like, even on like the, oh, not even just the mental side, but like the physical side of keeping yourself in in shape and things that can obviously help you like mentally and help your practice and stuff i feel like being with a a a traditional sports team that's been around for for a long time that's you know probably the the best thing you could get from them so is there that kind of crossover as well sure right it's not so much on the physical side but uh yeah i've worked in a uh sort of sports psychologist who's been helping us uh you know set our goals how we go about our goals, how we give each other criticism and stuff like this, which I'm sure is something they use in traditional sports, mm-hmm. which I think uh, also in esports is becoming more of a thing. Yeah. I think that's maybe even a bit lucky as well, because you still hear about even some um, some traditional sports team. This is like coming from kind of my own venting a little bit. I'm a Tottenham fan of like traditional football. Um, and it's like become quite well known recently that even like at a Premier League level, there's no sports psychology at that team at the moment and there hasn't been for like years so it's a kind of uh, i suppose even a bit lucky that you know you end up with a sports team that has that you kind of branch from as well because uh, like you say even you know obviously in um in esports it can have a huge effect as well so that's uh obviously good to hear um going into the split then what was your your kind of initial expectations i think especially people knowing that you've been in the uklc for a while before um uh, you know, even without really seeing you play mid lane, I think the expectation was you should come in and be basically one of one of the best players, no matter you know what role you're playing. So was that something you matched yourself, or did you think maybe you know doing a recent role swap, I'm still gonna get, gonna have to get used to it a little bit? Um, I don't feel like the role swap is gonna hinder me. Uh, you know, I played a full year of mid lane in Silicon, and I feel like the play style fits me pretty naturally. So I don't feel like uh, the role is gonna be an issue for me. I think uh, taking a year break, I uh, was a bit rusty on on how to play competitive properly. Mm. Uh, the expectation for myself, uh, I did expect myself to perform. I think I, I thought I was quite good compared to the competition, and I feel like I'm quite experienced. So ideally, I should perform. Um, that being said, the uh, I've been quite impressed by the level of the UK EL mid lane in particular. I feel like there's some really solid players who uh, I didn't know about uh, or I didn't expect them to play quite as well as they have. Mm-hmm. So was that? 
did you feel even like any level of pressure for that or was that just something that you hadn't really thought about and it was just you know once you played against them you realized they are actually quite good um i wouldn't say i feel felt particularly much pressure but uh, i did get surprised particularly uh in our first game uh i think against Aldous or Nerdridge back then uh I was surprised by how sort of aggressive and, you know, uh, confident they played. Mm-hmm. I expected uh, more than I expected people to be at a lower level. I expected people to be more nervous and less confident to play a competitive game. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what impressed me the most. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think obviously there is a uh, a skill level between like NLC and, and the third division. Like you would expect it from kind of any league. But to even put it in perspective, like. FGG was before this whole Resolve kind of takeover barrage. FGG was going to be in Resolve Academy, which would have been playing in the UK EL if the the purchase hadn't occurred. Now FGG then, uh, after what happened with Resolve, went straight up into the into the NLC and was arguably one of the like best players and helped change the side and and at least you know secure them a spot still in the NLC. So it really shows that while like. Uh, the overall level may not be obviously to the to the NLC kind of standard that you are going to get these kind of young players who are going to develop themselves and you know and find it and like I said I've mentioned him before Dragdar UKL went straight to NLC didn't even go into the middle route just went literally UKL singularity and and they've been looking unbelievable since so mm-hmm. and is there like a thought obviously this is maybe getting a, a little bit ahead um but even like after playoffs is there a thought of what you you might try and do next? Would you kind of even see if you can get an ELC tryouts or or try a UKLC next? Uh, I haven't put that much thought into the future, but uh, I'm definitely going to look for tryouts. Uh, I'm going to evaluate offers, but uh, yeah, I haven't really given it too much thought. I don't really mind where I play. What's more important for me is a uh, you know an effective team atmosphere where. I can learn something new and have fun, basically. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you're going to bring uh, Munster Rugby Gaming eventually to the NLC. <laughs> Drive them up, be the talisman. <laughs> <laughs> so let, I, do want to, I do want to bring out, though, let's be honest. Uh, uh, while it ended pretty well with Munster getting into uh, the playoffs, uh, spoiler, uh, it didn't start off very well for about about four weeks three weeks really like how how much was it kind of like mentally on you to kind of see you you, this team not really performing as much as kind of what people were expecting to uh, especially right at the beginning yeah um it it wasn't great uh i think understandably uh i was pretty upset not to be winning i think there was expectation on on me to win or, or carry or, or something like this. It's not really how League of Legends works, but, you know, the expectation is there. So uh, I think that was pretty rough and it was pretty frustrating. Uh, I think our first few weeks of practice and scrims were not really that, uh, what's the words? I... Not, not great, impactful. Yeah, not great. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, I feel like towards the end of the split, we with the help of a sports psychologist, we really worked on how to improve our practice time. You know how to how to learn more and faster, and waste less time. Uh, I think this really worked out towards the end of the split. Mm-hmm. And especially any... like, okay. go on. 
Hey, you go, oh, go on, Lee. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> so especially like as as it was kind of coming to like the end of the split, because a lot of it was was very like tooth and nail, very close. You we didn't know kind of where everything was going. Was the thoughts of like flashbacks of London saying, "Oh no, not again! <laughs> A very competitive season's going to occur." But like you, you did though, like you you. You had the grit and, and you stuck through and you got the results that you needed in the end. And I think you could probably say more than anybody. Then once you're in playoffs, like, that's it. You This is the chance now, isn't it? You know, it's like, doesn't matter how, how where you finish. It, it kind of depends on like, where you end. No playoffs has started. Exactly. I strongly believe that uh, you almost have an advantage the lower you are in playoffs. Because uh, momentum, uh, from my experience, is a very real thing in playoffs. Mm. And, you know, most teams don't get that much scrim time and, you know, time on stage, on stage so to speak, is effectively scrim time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to come into every game warmed up. Uh, you know, as long as we take it one game at a time and we don't get stressed out, I'm actually happier to be coming in at the very bottom than, you know, further ahead. I suppose it's back to, like, kind of to the... The Freeland example where you've come in now with not too much pressure. It's like you you guys literally got in at the last literally the last match of the whole regular season. Like you couldn't have I suppose scraped it anymore if you tried. So there's not that much yeah, not too much uh, expectation. Uh, one thing you were just saying a minute ago was about the um about getting the most out of practice. And you obviously mentioned there as well that even like game time is more or less kind of scrim time at this level where you you know everyone is part time and it's obviously, you know, mostly voluntary and things like that. Um what are your thoughts on on sort of at least how to get the most out of practice at you know at this level then? Because obviously we've spoken to it, you know, we've spoken to people even at the NLC level where they say, you know, academy teams are full time players. They basically get to scrim all day long as their job, and even just going down in NLC like within the league, you get the difference between the academies and the semi pros who they're getting some money but they can't spend all their time because they've got another full time job. When it gets down to UK uh, UKEL point where, like I say, it's mostly voluntary, you know. Most people probably aren't getting paid to play, um, meaning that you've got to obviously make your money elsewhere and you might not have much more than one or two days of scrims per week. What are your kind of thoughts, even comparing that to when you've been in the UKLC before? Like, how do you kind of try and get the most out of that short time that you've got? I think the biggest difference between uh, practicing in the UKLC and practicing in the UKL was probably the scrim opponents you can find. I think you're pretty. Uh, you have a lot less choice when you're a third division team, and I think UKLC was basically an ERL then, so mm-hmm. you get some really solid scrims. So uh, not much you can do about that. Uh, what you can do, I think, is really good is to set goals. You know, on this week we're working on uh, on a, I don't know mid game macro, we're working on early game, we're working on jungle pathing, and you. Uh, don't evaluate the use of stuff like uh, things you're not really working on. You spend very little time looking at that in review. You spend a lot of time seeing if you've achieved your goals. And if you haven't, you keep working on it until you achieve your goals. Because uh, you can't really learn something new until you've learned what you're already trying to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's the best way to use our practice. I think that's how we started to use our, use our screen time. And it's working really well for us. Very nice. Um, kind of coming into even just the last week then, like we said, obviously you guys were like sort of just out, well, not outside, but you were like on the verge of uh, of getting in playoffs and not getting in. Um, and your first game in the last week was against X7, who was a team that themselves, I think they might have even been one of the teams, I think you said, Tom, that have spent time in first place and 
kind of yeah. were at the top of it, top end, slightly dipped down a little bit. They, I think they've had some of their own roster so, sorts of things. X7 never actually made it into the in, into oh. the top spot, but there were there was a nice setup there, Lee. I, I appreciate <laughs> that, you know. But yeah, there was uh, to show how competitive the, the the league was as a whole. Like there were four teams which at one point were first place in what is a seven week regular season. So that's quite it's quite insane. Obviously it was Orglus, uh Knox, Demise, and then London in the end, you know, r- like right at the end, mm-hmm. uh kind of making it in. So it was it was very uh, choppy and changing. But do you think that the fact that um to you, Beatrice, the fact that like there wasn't really a definitive best organization kind of at the top you didn't have like a in the uklc uh, a resolve what happened last but where they just kind of dominated the fact that there wasn't like a, this is a team which really has took this league by storm does that give you a little bit of hope kind of going into playoffs as well sure it's it's definitely helpful that there's uh no team seems unbeatable mm. i think there's definitely some teams are stronger than others but uh i definitely get the feeling that uh Anyone on their best day beats anyone on their worst day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think playoffs is really going to be anyone. Anyone can win it. What was it like then in that in the last match? Obviously, like I said, like last week you had X7 first. Um, you guys end up losing that. And it basically all boiled down as a result to the last match against Lucendi, where it literally couldn't have been like, you couldn't have chosen it any better. Like It was literally the last match of regular season. Whichever team won went to playoffs. Whichever team lost went to relegations. It was literally just all up to that match. Um, and then getting into the start of the match, Hawkeye for Lucendi gets a quadra kill uh, on Tristana, where it's like a champ that, you know, kind of early on maybe isn't that great and you want to wait for him to get started, but then, like, you basically give him four kills. It's like, well, what do we do from here? Like, what was hey, it? You, you talk about scrims. Yeah. If that happens, <laughs> you're like, all yeah, right, okay. Scrims, you, you FF, yeah. you go to the next, you go to the next <laughs> one, don't you? So, what was it like at that point? Like, after that quadra kill, was it. Did you guys still were you kind of galvanized, or were you like, okay, maybe this is not the uh, the split for us? Uh, I really don't feel like that affected us as much as uh, it would have in other games. I think the uh, the stakes of the game really had the adrenaline going in us, and you know, uh, nobody was like, oh, oh god, he's got a board kill. This is unwinnable now. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens. We take uh, we take a deep breath and. You know, we're thinking about what we do next. You know, a few seconds after, which I think was a uh, really impressive from from uh, a team, <laughs> the people I play with. I was really impressed by the mental fortitude of them to just not get disheartened by that. Hmm. Fair enough. Then, um, obviously, in, uh, you know, a, a little while later, you started getting your own kills, um, playing Diego in mid, uh, and to be fair, basically ended up like not to like discredit the rest of your team that much, but you basically. From an outside perspective, literally, you basically solo carried it. You ended up with like eleven kills, um, and yeah, the team fights it went from from maybe Tristana being the the, the powerful one to yourself. Just even there was like, there was a few team fights where it looked like really close, but somehow you were never the one that died on your team, and you were quite fed, so you could just clear it up. Was that you know even something yourself? You thought, oh, you know, screw this, I'm just going to take it over, get me a few kills, and I'll I'll sort it out. Wasn't really my thought process. You know, I was playing the game, clicking my buttons, and when you click your buttons as Viego, you tend to win. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what was going on there. I uh, uh, I have this ongoing uh, hatred for Viego, and I point to I point to games like this. I'm like, this champion, like this champion is the. It's not even like 
if he's buffed or nerfed. It's just my opinion. I just think the kit is just something else. And even though that they've reworked it a little bit and stuff, I just think that uh, you you're, you added to my list of what I'm going to send Riot at the end of the <laughs> season. Of here is everything wrong with Viego. It's not, I don't, don't think. Oh, so go ahead. I don't think it's the greatest creation at all. <laughs> How does it work? Like, this is maybe just like my own ignorance, but like when you pick someone up, do you get like their stats or is it based on your own stuff? Because I noticed there's a couple of times where like you would pick up the, the Tristana and they're like, and then uh, Lucendi were like, nah, we're not having none of this. Like, you're just running away. Sure. You pick up their, their stats and items, but uh, the difference is you also keep your vehicle passive. So your autos are doing more damage, which is why possessing someone is even stronger than just having them. Yeah, and I suppose that was the problem. Like Trisana seemed to like once it got into proper team fights, Trisana was like dying pretty quick after that first one when they got all the kills. Uh, and it literally, literally looked like you were just like, okay, let me get Tristana, and then they just they just don't want none of it, and they literally just like run away uh, and just do your best to clear it up. Um, but having a game like that just before players, so even just personally, does that give yourself like a fair bit of confidence moving on, or do you think maybe that Viego is not likely to get through in a draft next time? Uh Surprise if we get Viego, or he is getting nerfed pretty hard. <clears throat> Solo lane next patch. But yeah, it gave me the. Uh, it felt like that is how I should have been performing full split. And uh, maybe not 10 and 1, that's maybe a bit exaggerated. But uh, yeah, I feel like uh, I found my rhythm more than I had at the start of the split. We found our play style as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, we. I think if we reach certain condition, conditions as a team and we get a draft that we like, then uh, we're a really solid team. We have a really good chance of playoffs. So having a game like that to give us you know, hope and show that we can perform on stage uh, the way we would like to is uh, really helpful for us. And I think that, that that's kind of the nail on the head, I think, with a lot of kind of UKL teams is that a lot of it, while obviously there is like a, a like a skill barrier and, and skills between everybody involved, but I think that a lot of it is kind of how does this team synergize and can this team synergize under what is, you know, quite short training uh, regi- regimes after that. And then a lot of that is bonding through then the games themselves. And I think that that's why, because and I think it's with every kind of league, whether it's like the LEC to, to the UKEL, like regular season, does matter but it matters like in an objective okay these are the strongest sides and then it's playoffs to say okay well which one of these is the strongest side out of all of them and i think that's why it actually works but i think especially in the uk el when there isn't that like you said time to to fully commit to training 24 7 for these people get kind of like a plan i I can imagine a lot of organizations like right well we're going to bring these players together we have an idea of where this is going to go and then if this playstyle doesn't work, it must take then so long to kind of implement a new playstyle when you don't have the resources to kind of suddenly change it. You can only do it through like conversations and not through practice. So uh, I'm really interested. And I, and I also think, though, it, you create get some very interesting and entertaining games, you know, and that's why it's always so close, I feel like, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking on the, yeah, on the topic of kind of the team um, dynamics and stuff. Um, now, some of your your teammates, for example, like Goose, Kevin Man, Longstaff, I don't not really players I'd, I'd known too much about before. Uh, but Jojo was someone that at least had been like quite active, I think, on on socials and things even before. I think we, he was like a sub on Barrage for a while, um, and it seems like you know a fairly lively character. Was that someone that was like good even just to have in the team, like personally, when when things were maybe like a bit of a struggle? Was was he like a, a nice pick me up? 
Yeah, Jojo's uh, really great to have around. Uh, he's a lot of fun. He's got a really calm attitude. You know, he played 14 games of weak sides. Never complained once. <laughs> so yeah, just a really great guy to have around. He, uh, he knows everyone. He's friends with everyone. So yeah. Nice. Being, suppose... a, being a former top laner, did you uh, did you put your thumbs up of appreciation <laughs> of like I I know what you've been through. You're doing a great <laughs> job. Yeah, I've definitely lived through my through his pain. I see a lot of my my own first split in him. Yeah. <laughs> you could have said oh, when I was playing against Shikari, Shikari actually he used to really like playing Orn. So you know maybe you just you don't know you you end up liking it. Trust me. Um, yeah. But yeah, was it were you able to even like even actually like on the rift things? Were you able to give him like some tips and give him some hint, hints and things. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes I've shared, you know, some advice with him on how to play certain situations. But uh, I think as a whole, we, we tend to look at team macro more than individual macro. So, uh, like individual plays. So, uh, mostly left it out to him. And he's doing a great job with it so far. Fair enough. And, um, yeah, kind of going on to, to playoffs themselves. And like, like I said earlier, we still got... I think a tiebreaker to like work out exactly who you guys would be against. Uh, I'm fairly certain it'd be either Demise or X7. So I think there's like a tiebreak between them and the loser will be against yourselves in the lower bracket. What are your thoughts against either of those? Obviously X7, you literally played against this week. Unfortunately, lost to on that occasion. Would you fancy yourselves to beat them in, in a best of? Uh, I think X7 is probably the harder team for us to beat. I uh, kind of view them as sort of our nemesis team because we played against them in qualifiers, played against them a lot in the splits. So, uh, yeah, I think I've had a, a lot of time to gorge them as a team. And I think uh, this might be a controversial opinion, but I think the current iteration of the roster is actually stronger. I think uh, Anonymous is a really good support. And uh, I think the new top lane is also extremely solid and it has a slightly easier trample to work around. So I think the conversion of X7 is really strong, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I fancy our chances a little more against Demise, although uh, I have to say I think Vossen is one of the players that's impressed me the most, this split. Uh, Was there anyone else like in the mid lane that you played against that you maybe, you'd maybe seen in solo queue you didn't think would be that great, and then you played against them in the UK EL and like, actually, you know, in this environment, actually pretty decent? Uh, I haven't seen many of... I've seen composites a bit of solo queue. Uh, the other ones, I don't think I've seen them very much, but uh, I think composites. Uh, he definitely seems like a bit of a solo queue player to me in the sense that he, he plays really weird champions. You know, he, on OP.GG, he's must play his Yon and then Churiath or something. And uh, I'm assuming he's a rookie. I don't know for sure. But uh, the way he played uh, with Lucendi since he came on has really impressed me as well. And uh, yeah, I think he's he's done really well. Yeah. Kind of on that topic of like being like a solo queue player and things, is there any thought like when you're, you said like when you uh, started playing solo queue as a mid laner, you, you know, first picked up Zed, then you went to Silas. Is there much thought of like when you're in the UKEL, like you said, there's not much scrim time. Is there thought of maybe just even playing these champs, even if they're not that great, usually in competitive, maybe I'd be better off just playing them, you know, at this level. It's kind of like, the equivalent of what like leader was doing at mouse you know in like the prime league where he would say like yeah i can play oriana 
which everyone says I can't play, but at this level, I'm better off just playing my assassins than I can do better anyway. So is there ever like a thought at, at that point as well? We think, well, you know, competitively, if I was in the LEC, maybe these won't be, wouldn't be the best chat, but at this level, I could maybe just show up a bit more. Uh, I don't think I've ever ruled a champion sort of off, but uh, a lot of these champions rely on, on counter pick or, or a good situation for them. And a champion like Zed, if you, if you uh, mess up one play or you die once, you know, your power as a champion is, really goes out the window and you're kind of just a liability for the team. So uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't pick Zed, but uh, they would definitely need a, a really good situation for it. Mm-hmm. it uh, I think it is actually quite a strong champion in the, against the champions of the mid laners. There's quite a few Yon players and Zed does really well into Yon. So it's like not completely off the cards. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, to be fair, at this point, we're going to go into like almost now. I'm pretty much mostly out of, of my topics. To be fair, is there anything uh, either yourselves or Tom you wanted to uh, to chat about today? I I just want to um, let's discuss the the logistics of. You said anything is out of the table. So so how would you play Yumi mid lane? Then? <laughs> what would you do? Like, uh... Just don't. With <laughs> just... a lot of difficulty. <laughs> that would be like, in, if it was back, imagine if Yumi existed when it was like the funnel meta, where you'd oh, like, no. the oh. mid laner plays, where you got like Faker playing Tarek for SKT. That's where Uni mid might have happened and just sit on Master Yi. Um, I suppose, thankfully, that's that's not a thing. Is there anything like, maybe not to that extent, but is there anything Munster maybe got up their sleeves that we could... We could be surprised. You don't have to say exactly what it might be, but if there's any like odd, odd, uh, odd strats or anything you've maybe got in the pipeline, definitely got a few picks. Uh, if you go really deep in my SoloQ profiles, you might you might uh, see them. Pretty spicy, but uh, only if the opportunity arrives. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on our games. You might see something really wild. Very nice. Well, like we say, you've basically got like two two pools of champs. Then it could even be like some off, some weird like top lane pick that no one's expecting. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, like I say, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much uh, out of my topics for today. Is there, is there any any last things anyone wants to chat about? I think we can maybe wrap uh, up. Uh, I mean, it, if you want to mention NLC predictions, you can do Lee, but I we we mentioned it off stream. So I, I thought you'd want to stay away from that, Tom. Like like I've said, you are no longer in the lead of our predictions. So for those that that don't watch every week. Um, Sometimes, you know, depending on the guests, we don't always do predictions on the on the episode, but we always try and keep up on the NLC and basically tally our, our correct guesses. Tom was in the lead basically from week one um, and has now dropped it. He's just gone mental for last week and just predicts only upsets. And now our guests have overtaken and me and Tom, we're now level. So um, I don't Do you watch much of the, the NLC bear tree? Oh, very little. I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, to be fair, half the NLC teams don't know what's <laughs> going on there with some of these results. Yeah, I'll happily make NLC... predictions, but they won't have any uh, oh. research behind them. To be fair, I'm not <laughs> sure actually that because um, it's obviously heading to playoffs now. I don't think the playoffs are quite announced, or maybe I'm. Well, there's, so there's one more week left of play, um, oh, yeah, and I I think it. if Battery if Battery has not done any research on the NLC. And the guests are currently beating me. I, I'm not saying I'm all, I'm all for it, you know. Like, don't you dare, don't you dare put Megalodontis on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... it's an animal. Like, yeah. So when we obviously it depends on the guests we have. If you have someone that's not involved with the, with the NLC, um, 
yeah, Megalodontis usually helps out with our NLC predictions. And he's, yeah, obviously overtaken you now, Tom, with the help of Fern Dog last week. Um, but screw it then. Let's, Bear Tree, you, you can even pick some random teams mm-hmm. uh, just to help Tom out so he can get back on top. I know his ego is like a bit, a bit, a bit funny with that. So um, yeah. let's just go through some of them. <laughs> Starting with then Singularity against Resolve. I don't know if you, you might have played against some of the, uh, the Resolve guys as well. I suppose even some of the, uh, the Singularity guys, you definitely played against Dragdar back in the UKLC. Any any inkling as to what side that could go? Uh, I'm going to have to represent my well, Lee, just give him Just give him like a brief description of how each team is doing, Because I know if I say it, it will be for about 10 minutes. So. <laughs> True. Well, uh, Singularity were just before the last week, basically, were top of Group A, um, ahead of XL, which was like a bit of an upset. They lost, I think, in a, in a match to Tricked, didn't they? In a head-to-head, which mm-hmm. has ended up with Tricked overtaking them. But Singularity still second place in Group A. Resolve have, have cleared relegations now, but were, were looking a bit dicey, uh, as Orcs, I'm sure, would say, um, through most of the split. So Singularity, like, well clear of Resolve, double the amount of wins. The clear favourites. Is there any chance of an upset? Do you reckon? I'm gonna screw. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna help you out a bit, Tom. I'm gonna to go resolve because um, I think oh, I've, oh no. yeah, this I'm might be go, actually my version of your of your ents picks a few splits back. I'm pretty sure most weeks I like always back resolve, even when their their form wasn't that great. I don't know. I just got, I just quite like resolve, so I'll go for them again. Is there well, I'm is, uh... going for the. I'm going for the because because singularity is in the playoffs. They're the official uh, British org in this group, <laughs> I believe. Uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, with team singularity. Understandable. What do you think of battery? Between resolve and singularity, right? Yeah. Uh, it's gonna have to be resolved for me. There's a lot of my a lot of my boys yeah. in that team. So. Let's see then. Um, after that, then we've got granite against dusty. This is uh, so I mean, again. There's no <laughs> at this point matter. actually. This is a bit weird because there's one. Obviously, we still got technically a week left, but it's one day of games, and I think. More or less every spot is is well not every spot but all the final standings are kind of set in stone. So there's no teams that can get into playoffs. There's no teams that will go down to relegations. It's only I, know, really... I think I think every spot basically yeah, is confirmed because because I think the only one which I looked at was Galaxy Racer and Nordvim. But I think I think Galaxy Racer are o two against Nordvim. Yeah. So be... even then, like the head heads are fine. It's the only implications yeah. there are is playoff placings. So for example, uh, Granite against Dusty. Dusty are already going to relegations. Granite aren't going to playoffs. So there's no implications to this. There's no pressure on either team. Does that mean Dusty are going to turn it around now? They've got there's no pressure on them anymore. You know, they're just well, they're playing not. free until until relegations. You don't no, reckon some? It's granite. No, it's granite. It's granite. I but might I... go granite actually as well. I don't want to like do all risky picks now that we're level points. Oh no. What do you reckon, Betty? Are you gonna flip a coin or <laughs> know uh... anyone from either team? I'll go with Granite. I don't want to let Tom get ahead for free. Exactly. <laughs> good, good choice. Um, third game then. This is good, could actually be quite a good one. And this is one that, that does have, I think, depending on the head-to-head maybe, might have some implications. So Tricked are top of Group A, and they're against BTXL. Um, actually, tell a lie. There's, they, XL can't overtake Tricked, but XL could, I think, level with Singularity if they win. So mm-hmm. again, it could be still like 
what what point of the playoffs they enter in. I think I think so. So right. So I'm looking at the the, the beautiful table on uh, Liquidpedia, and I believe Singularity and XL are one on one. So I think if Singularity lose, BTXL win. I believe that they'll then be a mm-hmm. tiebreaker to see who gets second. And then tricked are also one-on-one with Singularity. So this is also tricked one into... If they win this, they're guaranteed first place. So it really has yep. some implications for both teams. I, I'm i going to go for tricked, to be fair. You know, that might seem easy, being that they're, like, ahead. Obviously, the fact that XL is an academy usually would give them the advantage. But they haven't looked amazing since the swap. Um, we spoke about it quite a lot last week. We've seen um, Dan and Denik have come in, replacing Markun and Advien. They've just swapped around for the LEC team. Um, and yeah, Excel haven't haven't looked. To be fair, they haven't looked much worse because they also weren't playing amazingly well before. They were like having a bit of a, a weird split. They could argue that it was maybe like limit testing and things for playoffs. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd fancy tricked ahead of them, especially seeing as tricked are a couple of wins ahead. I completely agree with everything you're saying. BTXL are going to win now, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you say so, we'll see. What do you reckon, Battery? I reckon BTXL. Right, Battery's answering first next. <laughs> I, I'm seeing how this is going. <laughs> Go on Battery. then. Um, this one then, Galaxy Racer against Godsent. So two teams that both can't get in relegation. So this is really just for, I suppose, bragging rights and, and reputation at this point. Galaxy Racer actually, they're even though they're one place ahead of Godsent, they're four wins ahead, which is quite substantial. So for the regular season so far, they've been clearly ahead of Godsent. But like I say, now there's no pressure on either teams. There's no... There's nothing but but showing, you know, we were actually the better team or not. So go on then, Beatrice, you take the lead on this one. Uh, seeing Godson have uses, so I fully believe in, in the British. Good choice. And actually, to be fair, I, I think that might be another team. Godson and Resolve that I've I've predicted for, like, maybe way too much that I should have done. Oh, I'm for. definitely going to, I'm de- once all the predictions are in, I'm definitely going to do that. This is what our predictions <laughs> what the table look like. Because, like, so... So Bertry, last season, I did, uh, I think Ents was top of my table if I went off just the predictions of how they won. Because Ents were always the team where I was like, I think they could upset this team. And they and, just never And they did. literally finished fifth out of six teams, I think, in their group. <laughs> but to be fair, Godsent is another one. And one of the reasons why is actually to kind of from when we had User on like a little while ago. And it was at the point where Godsent was still on, uh, they still hadn't had a win. They went like 0-7 their first games. Um but the reason I keep voting for Godsent is like useless positivity on that episode was like I was thinking like these guys there's like no mental break here like Yusuf was so positive that they were going to turn it around and I thought you know what this you know I got to keep backing them up and to be fair they ended up they went from zero seven to now four eleven so they've got like basically the second half they've more or less won as much as they lost which is a big turnaround considering how they started so I don't mind going to get uh, going for Godsent either to be fair I think I'll back you up there Bear Tree I think I'm going to go for them as well. I'm gonna go. I guess you an easy one, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm going the smart option. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, but you are right. Like, I if I do have to, because I don't know how much we're gonna actually talk about like the NLC later on anyway. Well, listen, like in later episodes and stuff, because we'll probably just focus on playoffs. So I do want to shout out Godsent, and I do actually want to say, you know, yet again another team, a, a bit like Granite. You know, I, I always go into this and I'd be like. Oh, I, d- I don't know where this team's kind of going to place. We always kind of rank them really low. And every time they they prove me wrong, and I, I'm, I'm really glad about that. I've, I've never been one of those people where I'm like, oh, I wish that they, you know, I wish that I was right. I actually want these teams to prove me wrong. And Granite and Godsent have done that, definitely. Mm-hmm. So For sure. 
Um, and they just seem, yeah, they seem to just do it consistently as well. I think next bit we've got to sort out uh, maybe some tier list to to actually think about that. No matter what their their roster looks like, we've got to think they've just got that buff of being those those couple of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, next one then we've got is Nordvind against Fnatic Rising. Now Nordvind can't move in the table. I think Fnatic. I'm just checking their head to head. So Fnatic, if they win this, they guarantee themselves first place. Um, although, you know, tiebreaker. No. Yeah, so they they could go to a tiebreaker still. Um, I think they played. Didn't they play one game with the with the new player, D, uh, Dage or mid? Uh, yes. Yeah, um, so I think it was the last game that they played with their new mid laner because yeah. Feb of them retired. Yeah, I mean, obviously, literally. Like, I think yesterday was officially announced. Yeah, LEC yeah. Wulu would maybe give some hints to it. Um, but yeah, now with with Febbin officially gone, you've got Fnatic against Nordvin, two playoff teams. Um, I don't know, Beatrice, if, if is Dage or someone you've maybe even seen in solo queue, or is that a pretty much unknown name even to you? Uh, I've seen him in solo queue for sure. I don't know too much about him, but uh, pretty confident Fnatic for this one. Oh, I I'm gonna go. I am gonna go Nordvin on this one. Uh, yeah. Uh. Every everything is saying to me, fanatic. Yeah, they are. It is. But I, you know, I, I believe in Kerberos. Come on, Kerberos, you can do this for me. That's it. That's well, all I need. Seeing as you spent basically all of the split as the first place predictor when you were using your head, um, then if that's what your head's saying, Tom, I think I'll just copy that. So I'm going to go fanatic. I'll let you give me a point there. And then the last one is. Oh, I have to say though, like it, um. We're not the only one. When we're saying like, oh, we don't know who this mid laner is. All I've heard about this mid laner is he's really good in challenger mode. But I've like I've heard like nothing like mm. else about it. Well, like, I think even like in really like that good. LEC Wulu tweet, it said that he spent like most of the season like one K plus LP, which is you mm-hmm. know not uh not bad at all. So um it seems like maybe even one of those that regardless of Forbidden retiring or whatever, it's basically was waiting to happen for him to eventually join mm-hmm. a team and, and make an effort anyway. Um obviously just Happened to be for that act that he gets that that early chance straight in an academy, which is I suppose quite lucky. I think this last one is a fairly easy one. Then the last match, Riddle against Kova. Riddle need to win to put a tiebreaker potentially against Fnatic. Kova are already in in relegations. I suppose the one like caveat we could give is like Kova maybe they want to start turning things around before relegations. This is one last match they've got. No, Tom, you're shaking your head. You don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Not, not a chance, no. Yeah. Uh, this is a riddle. This riddle is on the, the biggest win streak of the entirety of the NLC. Seven wins in a row. And I, I you know, as much as I, I love to be proven wrong with God Scent and Granite, I was, I, I'm going to clip what I said uh, in the tier list. And then what, then what you and Froomey said, you know, barrage, former Barrage Froomey. Oh, I don't know about this riddle roster. I'm like, nice, nah, good roster this. And, no, nobody believed me until uh, until this has happened. And now seven wins in a row, and they're gonna they're gonna top it because then they're gonna beat Fnatic in a tiebreaker. Wow, probably not, probably not gonna do that. But you know, it would be it'd be cool. But, I don't know, well, like you yeah. say, given the form and Fnatic swapping things up, it wouldn't be. I'd say if they headed tiebreaker and they finished joint first, I would imagine Riddle should be the favourites really for it. Like given the form and everything as well, um, I'm gonna go Riddle for that one as well. I'm not gonna chance it and go against yeah, you this time, Tom. Yeah, that's a bit a bit of a push too far. Um, what do you reckon, Beatrice? Is there anyone anyone that you know on either side? Or uh, I played against SloQ and SoloQ. That guy is really cracked, so I'm pretty comfortable on Riddle as well. Fair enough. I don't blame you. 
So did you say you said Cova, right? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh yeah, I've already written that as well. So we can't change it as well. By the way. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens then. This is like getting into the crunch time of our our prediction ladder then. And yeah, there's only a couple of points in it, so we'll see. Um, I think that's pretty much a good point to maybe wrap the up, uh, wrap the episode up then. Uh, thanks for joining us, Bear Tree. Obviously, good luck in playoffs. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you as well, actually, it just just reminded me. Um, you said about you know once the next season starts, you you know you see what kind of tryouts and things you get. Is there is there a decision on what role you do tryouts as well? Is there even a chance that you you'd take a spot as a top laner back again? Not a chance. Uh, the lane is <laughs> definitely my home now. Damn. Well, enough orange duty for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that, well, that answers that then. So, um, yeah, that pretty much do it for today. Um, we can have a little tool look at, and we haven't got quite as as, uh, as tidy graphic as, as usual about the exact matches that are going on. Because, like I said, there is some uh, tiebreaker implications. But we can see at least on the screen now when the playoffs kick off on the 24th of July. I believe that's next Saturday. So that's when the playoffs start. Um, and that will obviously start with a lower bracket. So Bear Tree, you'll uh, I'm sure be ready for that next week. And then um, yeah, ends on the first of August when we have the playoff final. So do of course tune into those here on the UKEL channel. And um, you can of course follow for the podcast too. So we're here live every usually every Sunday, um, usually around this time, about four o'clock as well when we start. Um, otherwise, if you're watching later on on either YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know any platform, you can of course follow those directly. And all of our Twitters personally on the screen as well. So, of course, you can follow us directly there. And, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today. Thanks for joining. And, yeah, thanks for listening.